What's up, Bryce? It's Jervis from Survivor. Season 1, the original, Borneo. And season 27, the original, Blood vs. Water. Just checking in with you and the rest of the fam out there. What's good? Yo, I like what you're doing with this podcast, Bryce. I'm glad you're coming back. It's about to get hot. Hot girl summer, Bryce. And you know the hot boy's going to get it, too. You know this? Yo, you know what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a Purple Pants Podcast. You know the summer's gonna get real hot. Uh, it's a Purple Pants Podcast. You know the boy's gonna get it. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 94, Compassionate Concern. This is the Purple Pants Podcast, and I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and I hope everybody enjoyed the three-day weekend. Now, what I'm trying to figure out is, why have we not move forward with the four-day work weekend because I'm starting my week off after this three-day weekend feeling refreshed, feeling juvenated, and actually feeling a little sore. I did some YouTube workouts this weekend, and there was a 40-minute stretch video that I did after I did some cardio and abs, and baby, the way they're stretching, you know, at first, I couldn't really get into it, but then I was very much committed to completing the workout, and they having me stretch this way, stretch that way, and you know, I'm thinking, okay, I'm good, baby, when I tell you I woke up the next day, baby boy could not move, but I am, you know, on a journey to a better price. And, you know, I'm trying to get the, like Jervis said, I'm trying to get this hot boy summer together. But seriously, though, I'm just thinking like, why, have, why, why are we working five days a week? Okay. And, you know, eight hours a day, nine, ten hours a day. Where is our siesta? I am, I more than likely could get a lot of my work done in a four-day work week and not a five-day and enjoy a three-day weekend. Baby boy was enjoying it. I hope everyone had a safe and happy Memorial Day weekend over here in Philly. Baby, it was rainy and cold. And when I mean cold, it was like 40 degrees. I almost turned the heat back on, but you know the way my energy bill is set up. My thermostat said, baby boy, don't you touch me. But yeah, other than that, I really had a great weekend. I wanted to give an update on my fungi net situation. Last episode, I was explaining to you guys that I had repotted some houseplants about a month ago and I was noticing these gnats. I took it to the Twitter. The Twitter gave me a whole bunch of suggestions. I decided to repot some of the pots, not some of the pots, some of the plants and the gnats or the fungi gnats, whatever they were, were coming back. And so I want to give a huge shout out to my girl, Miss Gina and Miss Amy. They hit your baby boy up and they said, try this and try this. And so I was like, oh, OK. And I was on the phone with Barb the other day because, you know, she called me about everything. Her and John are getting new hardwood floors installed in the living room of their house. Because they had a tornado last year and a tree kind of fell through the window and scratched the floors. So they're getting new hardwoods installed and the people are out there 
And after they left, and y'all know how John is. He noticed a couple of like scratches on the floor. So, and if anybody do not know John, my mom's husband, he definitely is the person that is, can I speak to the manager or can I get something free or what can you do for me? So he called the company up and let them know he was not happy. So over the weekend, they had the new floors installed and y'all will not believe that. First of all, I don't even know how I'm getting on the story. I'm supposed to be talking about my plants, but Back to my mom and John, because my mom was calling me all weekend, so I'm going to tell y'all since I she had to tell me. So after the company came out and installed the second hardwood floors, baby, would you not know that they were like, I guess it's a defect in the hardwood that they picked out, that it is more discrepancies in the hardwood floor, and John was having a fit. My mom was calling me, and I could hear John on the phone with the people, and he was like, this is unacceptable. I was like, oh, my God. And my mom and Sunshine are in the room, and my mom's like, oh, my God, Bryce, I, I can't deal with him. I can't deal with him. So he's yelling on the phone, and essentially, they're going to come out for a third time, and they're getting their hardwoods for free. Okay, baby boy, listen. If y'all, anybody have an issue with a product or something, baby, we need to create a segment called Send It to John because John will get on that phone and speak to somebody, okay? And he will either get it for free or get you a replacement. So when I was on the phone with my mom this weekend explaining to her all of the things Miss Amy and Miss Gina told me to do, Barb explained to me that she had a similar issue um, with one of her houseplants and she used rubbing alcohol. Now I was like, girl, you trying to kill my plants? And my mom was like, no, it won't kill the plants. This is something that your great-grandmother mama taught me about houseplants. So I was a little reluctant to try it because this is a heart of palm plant that I got about two years ago. And it bloomed. And I tried to propagate it last year. And it didn't work because I did not cut it at the nod or the node. So over the winter, I tried to repropagate it and it grew roots. And so this is one of the house plants that I planted. And so I'm just, you know, I love my plants. So I'm really excited about it. So I was nervous to do the alcohol, but I took Barb's advice and I poured alcohol. I shouldn't say poured. I drenched alcohol into the soil and then I watered it. And then shout out to Miss Gina. She told me to wet some newspaper and put it on top of the soil because it would like smother the fungi genets. And when I went to check the next day, it was no flies. I said, ooh, look at God. But, you know, this happened to me before when I replanted it. I didn't see any flies the next day. But it's been about four days and I have seen no activities of the fungi genets. Okay? So... I just had to report back because I was nervous because Miss Amy uh, had sent me some stuff to order on Amazon. These like mosquito, mosquito something that I ordered them because I'm like, all right, I'm going to use this. And then Miss Gina, when she DM'd me and I sent her a video of the fungi G-Nats or Nats, she was like, baby boy, you got to take care of that and you got to take care of it fast because they could spread to your other plants. So I was really nervous. So far, so good. Fungi G-Nets, zero. Brace Isaiah, rubbing alcohol, one. Okay, so that's your update on my houseplant situation. But I am so overjoyed for this episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. It is really a great episode. I actually had a breakthrough 
in this episode. So let me give you the rundown of this week's episode. We've got the church announcements and we are welcoming back to the podcast Francesca Hokey, the life coach, survivor legend, love counselor, relationship expert, clubhouse queen. And her and I have a really great conversation about betting on yourself. We talk about friendship in the context that a relationship is a friendship. And we talk about loving yourself and how if you don't truly love yourself and have acceptance for yourself, how that can manifest itself in so many different ways of your life. And it is a great segment. I encourage everybody to listen to it because literally in the middle of the segment, I had a breakthrough and I just thought it was so profound. We've got another Purple Pants promotions this week. And this week, I welcome my childhood friend, Melissa Morgan Bradley, the owner of the clothing and lifestyle brand, Brooklyn Cozy. We've got Barb's message this week and Freak of the Week. So buckle up. You are definitely in for a jam-packed episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. Come, come on, everybody. Get ready for some compassionate concern. On this week's church announcements, I thought I would keep it in the realm of compassionate concern and just talk for a second about forgiveness. I, on my daily like inspirational reading, I had came across this passage about forgiveness and it reads to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. If anyone is like me that is listening, I sometimes struggle in the department of forgiveness because I feel like I'm protecting myself. If someone does wrong by me, if someone hurts my feelings, if I feel like somebody has shaded me, it's so easy for me to put up and create a wall to protect myself. But the older I get and the more along the road of the journey of Bryce that I go on, I realize that these walls that I create take so much energy and are draining from me. And to forgive someone is not really giving them power over you. It is really you taking your power back. The forgiveness has nothing to do with them. It's all about yourself. So I just want to encourage anyone that's listening to forgive. Think about a situation might be a brother, a sister, a parent, a child, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker that has done you wrong or brought you some type of hurt. I encourage you to look deep in your heart and forgive not for them, but for you set your spirit free. And that is going to conclude this week's church announcements. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
It's a man who? It's a man you? Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who? It's a man you? Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. I'm so excited for the segment that I am bringing to you. And when I reflect upon this segment that we're having, it seems like an annual thing here at the podcast to have my friend on where we discuss life, love, and just other things. Um, But I'm really, really excited to have this person on. And I want to welcome back to the podcast, the host of the Dear Franny podcast, the love coach, the author, the clubhouse queen, survivor legend, <laughs> and my friend, Francesca Hoagie. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, Bryce. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I'm always so excited to talk to you. So yes. This is this is beautiful. Yes, I'm excited because anytime that we talk or we reflect, I feel well one I always feel it's a safe place with you and it's always the most genuine conversations that I have and the listeners get so much out of it. I always get so much feedback when I have you on. I just always pe- people love you. So yes, oh. I <laughs> I'm so excited to have you back and it's been a year uh or just about a year, a little under a year since we recorded, but how have you been now I want to say how have you been but for me I feel like I know because in the pandemic some people like really struggled and other people flourished and I really feel like you are one of the people that has flourished because I continue to see the things that you're doing I continue to get my emails about what's happening with you I continue to see the growth that you took upon with the clubhouse and all of that but how have you been doing because that's what the outside looking in looks like that you've been flourishing and amazing but how have you been during this pandemic yeah um you know I honestly I have been good not to, which is not to say I haven't had you know stress and sadness and worry and anxiety and um you know all of the uncomfortable emotions that you know we all feel and especially in this last year during this pandemic but I have been very, very, very fortunate. Like, I'm so grateful. Like, literally, I know we all like, oh, yeah, I'm grateful. But like, literally every day, I'm like, thank you, Lord, baby Jesus, Buddha, everybody, (laughs) whoever, everyone, angels, spirit guides. Thank you. Because right before the pandemic, uh, the lockdown began here in L.A., actually really at the start of it, um, I moved and I moved into a new apartment um, with my boyfriend and it was right on time because we have more space. We we each have our own home office so we can work, you know, all day and not be on top of each other. And But we still, you know, we still get to be together. And so I have just been so grateful because I'm like, if any other time in my life there had been a pandemic, honestly, I don't know what I would have done. Like, right. I don't know what I would have done. <laughs> So I feel just so lucky. I'm like, even like literally, even if it was, you know, if it had happened two months earlier and I had been in my old place for the last year and a half, I would not be okay. (laughs) So I'm okay. I'm great. But it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, um, I manifested an amazing place to live, which is yes. exactly what I wanted. I, I mean, I wrote it down. I was like, this is how I want to feel. This is the space. And I want it to be less money than what I'm paying now and all of these things. And it is all of those things. So um, 
my environment matters so much to me. Mm. So, so I'm good, but that's why. (laughs) And I went home to New York for one week and it took me like 18 hours to not be good. I was like, (laughs) yeah, um, it's a real good thing. I don't live in New York anymore. (laughs) I would not be okay. (laughs) Well, we miss you on this side of the world, but (laughs) yes. And and hearing you think, uh, and hearing you say all of that, I was just in my mind thinking, about how I always say to you whenever we talk, whenever like I'm always like I'm always inspired by you and I look to you as a like a, a pillar to what I can achieve or what can and is possible because I just love everything that you do. But it also made me think that how just curious, like, do you ever stop to think to be like, I am so glad that I bet on myself. And what I mean yes. by that is, is that, you know, a couple of years ago, like you stepped out on this leave of faith to really kind of pursue your own thing. And now in days, and this is no shade to anybody, but nowadays I feel like everybody a love coach. Everybody talk about manifesting, like, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just feel like that's the trend now. But yeah. you like stepped out on faith, like was like, I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to grow it from something into like this amazing platform that you have. And I just really think that, you know, everything in life happens for a reason. And while you were talking, I was just like, wow, say you did not bet on yourself. I just wonder what it would like, what would happen to you in the pandemic? You could have been like one of the millions of people that lost their jobs. You could have been struggling. And it's just like a true testament to like staying fast and believing in what you first of all, believe in yourself. And then like to know that during the pandemic, you have really flourished. Like you, I I feel like your reach of people was always wide, but I feel like during the pandemic, it like quadrupled. Yeah. Yeah, it did. It did. And I, I think I'm thankful for this every single day. Like, and I love the way that you, that you put it like betting on yourself, because that is how I look at it, you know, like at some point in my life. And, and look, you know, I'm, thank you for your kind words, by the way. (laughs) But I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm a lot older than you. I've, I've been through a lot. You know, this is, I think a lot of people are like, oh my God, like, you know, I can't believe you've done this, you've done this or, and I'm just like, honey, (laughs) you could do way, you could do way more than I have, especially because you're starting way sooner than I did because I'm the latest of bloomers. Um, so I, so I'm very grateful every single day because it was really me just getting tired, like getting just bored of being stuck in my life, mm. you know? Cause like for a long time, like in my twenties, you know, I had all these dreams and I wanted all these things and I, I was just kind of magic, hoping it was all going to magically work out. And then I got into my thirties and I was like, okay, that's not how life works. Um, <laughs> so things don't appear to just magically work out. So, okay, well, so what am I going to do? What, you know, now what am I going to do? And I was stuck in that. I don't know what to do. And I, when I said, on, I don't know what to do. I mean, like, I didn't know what to do career wise. I didn't know what to do to have the kind of relationship that I wanted to have. Like, I was just very much like, I, I know that there's more for me, but I just don't know what that is or how to get it. And I, I stayed stuck in that I don't know what it is or how to get it placed for years. And and actually the the reason that I even went on Survivor was it wasn't that I wanted to be on Survivor because I didn't frankly. Um, (laughs) Well, I, I'd wanted to be on the amazing race. So I, that's how I got on survivor. I was recruited from amazing race casting. And, but first I was like, no, thank you. No. Why would I do that? That looks miserable. I don't want to go starve on a beach. I want to, and you know, 
people backstabbing you. I want to travel around the world and jump out of airplanes and like have these adventures. And um, but but I was also like, well, this opportunity is presenting itself for a reason and I don't got shit else going on that I'm excited about. So maybe this will be something that shakes my life up. And it did, <laughs> not exactly in the way that I planned. Um, but I was 35 my first season of Survivor and I was 37 my second season of Survivor. And after the second time, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous now. Like, this cannot be my life. <laughs> like, this is not... Like, this cannot be my life and I can't wait for someone to save me or some experience to save me or some opportunity to save me. Like, I have to save myself. Mm. And I still didn't know how to do that, by the way. (laughs) But I did decide that it needed to be done and that I needed to do it. And so that, and and this is what my eternal gratitude to Survivor, um, well, it's actually for a few reasons, but, you know, this is certainly one of them, is the fact that I was like, that experience because it was so like traumatic <laughs> and disruptive it really made me just it, it it just shocked me into action i was like okay i'm not gonna just like sleepwalk through my life anymore like that's done and um yeah so you know step by step so many pivots so many things of like all right let me try this you know first i i was gonna be a matchmaker and i was gonna introduce everybody to their perfect partner and then i started matchmaking and i was like oh this is taking this is taking years off of my life (laughs) so this isn't the answer and then you know then i found coaching and i did love and i did and i do love coaching but i had to figure that out. And, you know, I mean, in so many ways, how to make enough money, how to get clients, how to get the right clients, how to actually help my clients, like transform their lives. Like people hire you to help them find love. Like you need to be good at helping people find love, you know, Right. (laughs) and it's not an easy thing to do. And so it took me years of like so much just experience personally, professionally, learning more, seeing patterns. Like I just, ha- I had to put in a lot of work to be at a point like, cause now in Clubhouse and people are like, how can you just like answer any question that people ask you like on the spot? I was like, because I literally <laughs> have been th- doing nothing but like thinking this shit through, thinking about it, writing about it, talking about it, like trying to understand more like for years. So I feel like everything I've been doing, you know, since Survivor basically has prepared me to now like really flourish, you know, and I'm so, so, so grateful. So grateful. Yes. I I love that. And I love just the essence of you, you saying like you were 35 and just know where to go. And I, I, or not knowing what to do. And I always, from my perspective, um, and I, I feel like it transcends to everything. But for me in my life, because I'm, I'm about where you were at at that time. And I definitely feel uh, that pressure of um, sometimes anytime I, you know, see people I haven't seen in a long time. And they're like, hey, Bryce, what you up to? And I'm just like... <laughs> working <laughs> like you yeah. know nothing yeah. and I, I don't know why but that brings me sadness in the sense because it's like you know what is next for me I don't know but a lot of the times I compare it to like me being a gay black man and I feel like well I don't feel like I know that because of society's like heterosexual norms that have been placed on me I 
you know, in my 20s figured out that like, okay, that timeline that they say that, oh, you're supposed to graduate college. Oh, you get a job. Oh, you find a wife. Ooh, that not going to work for me. Oh, you have kids that like, you know, and it's like, it's so embedded in everything like TV, uh, literature, like the world that I felt as though even in my 20s and now that, that it was holding me back because I'm like trying to put my life into what they are saying. And one, it just, it does not equate. And so where I'm at is that like, you know what? I'm like, I'm on my own timeline. I'm on my own like journey. And you know, forget how old I am. It's when I get there, I get there. So I just wonder if, you know, the, the society norms that are placed upon us that is so big to like to have this and have that and so I, I definitely can relate to when you were saying you're 35 and you're just like I, I I haven't figured it out yet and society says by 35 oh we should know what we are we should be well into our pension of to retirement and it's like well that is not actually how it really works right right yeah it's it's crazy that and, and it's like every and everybody knows that's not how it works which is so it's like we all know from our own life experience that, that and the experience of everybody else that we know that that's not how it works. And yet and still, we all have this whole collective narrative that that's how it works. Like what? It makes no sense. <laughs> It makes no sense. It's like with love, like we all have this collective narrative that you're, you know, that you're supposed to be with one perfect person. And when you find one perfect person, then, you know, your whole life is happy. That is a collective narrative that people co-sign daily about love. And we all 100% know that that is not true. Right. <laughs> but we still, but then we still, but then you still hold people to the standard of like, well, you're not this one perfect person who's making everything in my life perfect. Then you're not the one. And it's, you know, it's like, it's, you know what I'm saying? So it's like this whole, we got to get it together. We got to right. get it together. <laughs> yeah. And it's more about trusting our instincts, trusting what we, I, 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 sometimes I feel like it's peer pressure and you know, you're in ninth grade and your friend's like, you want to smoke a joint? And you're like, no, you want to smoke a joint? And then like, you know, you, you then smoke the joint and then you are paranoid and crazy. Like what, what's going on? And you're like, you're regretting it. And I, I, that's what I feel like the society is. It's like, it's peer pressuring us to do this. And it's like, no, we actually need to like, you know, stand firm in our beliefs that like, this not for me and I've got to figure it out on yes. my own. Yes. And for me, um, I'm not in a relationship and you know, who knows when that will come. But for me, what has grounded me and kind of kept me sane is my friendships that I have in my life. And I think that one of the things that the pandemic has taught me is that there are like levels to friendships. And and I, I think I always have known that. But um, honestly, like during the pandemic, I had like a maybe five people that I would literally call every day in the morning um, and we would just kind of like talk through our day and, and different things and it really kind of like made me realize that like wow like this is like my core friend like this is like my support system this is like my lifeline um and then you have like your, your casual friends that like you care and love about um that you don't speak to as often but when you connect with them like it's like you've never dropped like you pick right back up where, where you're at then you have your hey how you doing friends and like <laughs> you know <laughs> like 
Yeah. And then you have the friends that aren't really friends that's trying to keep up with you, but you like, you know. And so mm-hmm. I think during the pandemic, I really kind of like categorized that. And so sometimes I, I oftentimes felt guilt in uh, the friendships that I had. And so which then prompted me to be like, well, you know what? Franny know everything about everything. Um, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> you are. Expert on relationships, and so it really wanted me to kind of like have a more open dialogue with you about friendships. Yes, um, because I feel like it's again something that everyone has. Um, mm-hmm. We all have friends, but I don't think that people. I feel as though during the pandemic, I have discovered that, like, I don't think people put as much stock into friendships as I actually do. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I really wanted to start off with like, what do you consider a healthy friendship? Yeah. Um, first of all, I love this topic and I'm so excited to talk about friendship. Um, and, and by the way, because now I'm 46 and I literally I mean, it's so crazy. I mean, I have I, I have friends, you know, my best friend. We've been friends for 33 years. I'm like, how is this possible that I'm like... <laughs> Right. And and she's not even my oldest friend. She's just my closest friend. You know what I'm saying? I have I'm like, how do I have friends? I can't believe I've known people for that long, like decades, decades. Life is crazy. But anyway, um, so much to say about friendship. So to me, a healthy friendship is the basis of a healthy friendship is the same as the basis of a healthy romantic relationship. All relationships are they're all the same fundamentally. Um, and they have different characteristics and they have different levels of depth or you know, all of that. Commitment, but um, longevity. But the point is still you have a foundation of mutual respect, emotional and physical safety, emotional intimacy. And then what I say, enjoy and um, and then commitment, which is what I'm talking about. True love and romantic love. You know, that commitment is it looks different, but there's still commitment to a friendship because if, you know, it's not a formal commitment, like we're going to be best friends forever, <laughs> but there still needs to be some level of commitment. Like you need to know this is somebody who you can depend on, who's going to be there for you, you know, who's not just going to leave you and, you know, like just take off and ghost you. So, um, so that's to me is just the foundation of a healthy friendship. And, um, and obviously there's layers and levels to all of that, but, but Yeah. And I love that you said that a friendship is a relationship um, because I, I don't think a lot of people look at friendships like a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think that they separate the two. And again, for me, who is someone that is like lives alone and is that is single, I realized that, you know, because sometimes people be like, well, how can you how can you be single? Like you you you're not lonely. And don't get me wrong, at times I am lonely, but I have I've realized, and I don't know if this is the most healthiest thing, but I, I've realized that like all of my like close friends, like it's a relationship. Like I don't, you know, I, I feel like they're one in the same they in, are. in the sense that you know we're not intimate, um, but but we are intimate. And yeah. like, well, you may not be physically intimate, right, but you're right. emotionally intimate. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and so I just, for me, that was a, a, a real awakening that I was like, wow, like, you know, these really are relationships. And I think that people oftentimes don't look at them like that. And I, I think that people should because oh, yeah. they're the deepest relationships. <laughs> they're the deepest relationships that that many people will ever have. 
is with your friends. And that too, that. But also, you know how, and, and again, I ain't never been married, so I don't know. But I hear people say that, like, you know, marriage is work. Like, marriage ain't easy. Like, you know, to be married to someone, it, it you know, people grow. They change. They, you know, and you have to work to be together and i feel that the same is with friendships i have like some friends that i've been friends with for 20 years and they are it's work for us to be friends you know our lives have changed so much you know my one friend is married now with children um and her life looks different and you know my life looks different than what it did you know 20 years ago and that they take energy to want to make it work and i don't feel like if people don't look at friendships like a relationship then that's how they say like oh the friendship kind of sort of faded away and i'm just like well did it fade away or did you not Put the time and effort and love to a friendship because like, you know, they evolve like it, your friendship isn't going to look like what it looked 20 years ago. But that doesn't mean that I don't still love you, that I don't care about you. But like, you know, it actually takes work to be in this friendship. It's not just the like, oh, it's here forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think there's there's a distinction that should be made between work and effort. Mm. Because yes, all relationships take effort. If they don't, and if you don't put effort into your any type of relationship, that relationship is going to fall apart, right? Um, so, but work, and I, and I, yes, I, you know, I hear, I hear the married people say the same thing: work, work, work. I mean, there are also a lot of unhappy marriages. <laughs> there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> I mean, there's also a lot of like you got to consider the source, you know, and that's not to that's not to shame anyone, but. Um, you know, it, you just have to consider the perspective where people are coming from when they're telling you things like that. But but yes, the effort, it does take effort. If you think that, you know, uh, any type of relationship is just set it and forget it. Like, OK, we good. And now I never have to make you feel seen or special or heard or, you know, I never have to be there for you when you're going through anything rough or I never have to communicate with you or, you know, compromise or be generous or be able to receive. Like, it, obviously, like that, you know, what I'm saying? like you got to Those are all things that you have to constantly do. Because a relationship is a living, breathing thing. You know, it's not like just some empty container, like the two of you co-create it. So, um, so I think that, you know, when it comes to friendship shifting, which is something that, you know, I've been through that, you know, at different phases in my life now, because, you know, I'm old. Um, (laughs) And well, I'm, you know, I'm I'm seasoned. I'm, I'm, you know, and, uh, (laughs) and I, and sometimes it has been worth the effort. And sometimes there is, Gonna, that, that there's going to be an imbalance, right? Mm. Like, some, like if your friend just like got married and has a baby and she's navigating all that, you can't be like, well, she didn't call me and she, you know, I called her. It's like, well, give her, a, you got to give her, right? you got to give her some grace, right? You have to understand that like they're in, in the course of a friendship and nothing's ever going to be 50-50 in any relationship. Mm. Okay. It's going to always fluctuate. And so the point is, and the thing to pay attention to is like, does this fluctuation feel, does it feel natural? Does it feel, um, you know, does it feel like there's a reason and it's a season? Does it feel like this is a pattern and maybe I'm not getting my needs met and this person just seems unwilling to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like you have to kind of figure out because sometimes, you know, like I, I have a... 
I have, you know, one of my really good friends um, right now, she's just going through something really, really, really hard in her life. And I am making more of an effort than I normally would to reach out to her and stay in touch with her because I'm like, she needs that right now. Right. You know, but and I don't I'm and I'm not like, well, why haven't I heard from her? Why, why am I the one reaching out? That would be ridiculous of me. But I also have trust and respect and, you know, a foundation in our friendship that I don't I I would never feel taken advantage of by her because that's just not what it is. You know what I'm saying? So we right. have to kind of just decide that for yourself case by case. But not all friendships are meant to last forever. So and uh, you touched on so many things. I like have so many follow up. questions. <laughs> um, and so one of them is, is that, yes, we always hear that, you, you know, that old spiritual or that old whisper that like people come into your life for a reason, a season and a lifetime. Yes. Um, and I always hear that. And I always think to myself, how do we know which friends are which? Yeah. You can't always know. You, you don't know until you know. Mm-hmm. You don't know until you know. It is. It, it is I, like I am I am someone who I was a very social kid. I was very deep into my friendships from, you know, the age of seven. I was a little ringleader of my group of friends through elementary school. I've had very deep friendships for my whole life. OK, so I've had a lot of friendships and I have had friendships where if you had told if you had said to me, will you be friends with this person forever? I've been like, there's, it is impossible that I will not be friends with this person forever. I, I would have bet anything. I would have given any, I would have, and guess what? <laughs> you know, there's not a ton of those people, but there's a couple of them, you know? And, and there's a couple of people who it's not that we're not friends anymore. It's just our friendship which once was so close and it was so intimate and we were just we we knew every single thing that was happening in each other's lives and now we check in like three times a year yeah and so i feel like uh i'm at that point with some of my friendships and again if we're saying friendships are like relationships and if you know in marriages people say like uh, a divorce is a loss um I would assume and think that a friendship is a loss too. Oh, yeah. And I just, I don't know, because, and, and again, sometimes I hear a lot from people when they say like a divorce, they feel like it's a failure. And sometimes maybe it's me personally. I don't know if anyone else out there feels that way, but I, I feel as though... Because, again, I'm not in a relationship and I'm very similar to you, Franny, where my relationships mean a lot to me. Um, they probably mean more to me than they should, but I they, they mean a lot to me. And so for a failed friendship, I don't know why. And I'm just being honest. I feel like it is a reflection on me. And I don't like that feeling. Yeah. yeah. So you got to you got to release that. Because that is not, that is not, this is, this is, for some reason, I, I don't know why we have this in our, another, just another of these like fucked up things we have in our culture that we all just accept. There's this idea that if you are not friends with somebody forever, you are a bad person. Mm, I, that's me. Okay. <laughs> and that is not true. Why would that be true? Why would that make sense? (laughs) Why would you, because you happen to meet somebody at one time in your life now, no matter what, no matter how you feel, no matter the dynamic, no matter how fulfilling or unfulfilling the relationship is, you're just tethered to that person forever because you're their friend. I mean, when you say it like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
and I don't say this and I say this with love because I get it because I mean the first the first friend that I really had to break up with I did it in such a passive aggressive way because I did not know what to do and I was so like I was like oh my god I'm a bad person because she had been my she was like my best friend in junior high school and then I just it was like she kind of stayed in junior high school and I didn't, <laughs> you know, and I was like, "Ooh, this is really hard. And I noticed I was like, it's, it was so hard for me to hang out with her. It was draining. I dreaded it. I was doing it just like out of the sense of obligation because she had, you know, she was my best friend. And it, it just became so like physically painful for me that I just like I just had to ghost her because I was like, I can't I can't deal with this anymore. And I had this whole guilt spiral because I was like, I'm a terrible person. And who like ditches their best friend and da 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 da. But then finally, I realized what what kind of friendship is this? So am I doing her? I'm gonna be her pity best friend and hang out with her even though I'm miserable. Like who, who does that benefit? Yeah, and again, so here I feel like a hypocrite in the sense of where I'm like, oh, friendships are like relationships and relationships are like friendships. Yeah, they're all the same. Right. We have to stop. We Like, even when when you were saying, I'm not, you, you know, you said it a few times, I'm not in a relationship. You're in many relationships. Well, well, right, right, yeah, yeah. right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, yes, you're right. Get yes. me. Yes. <laughs> you may not be in a committed romantic relationship at the moment, but you are in many relationships. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I feel like, you know, like you just said, like sometimes like you are in these like pity relationships and, you know, if I were talking to one of my girlfriends and she was in a a romantic relationship, I would be like, choose yourself, drop him and let it go. You got to choose yourself you got like you know what he's bringing you down and it's just interesting because like in hearing you talk like if i've in a a friendship like that i probably wouldn't take my own advice like that like you know what i mean it's this weird entanglement that i I think that um this construct of friendship like you know you're right it's not always forever and you have to you always have to choose yourself you Um, always have to choose yourself so that that just kind of is interesting. Now, wait, I, wait, wait, I gotta oh, tell you sorry. really quick though, because I don't want to forget this. Because here's my advice to you about this. I know it feels really uncomfortable, and I know you've got, you know, you've just got this programming that you're supposed to be somebody's friend forever. Um, but just push yourself to do it and to choose yourself, and you you will see how much freer you feel, mm. and you will see. Because and trust me, you know. And like I said, I got some years on you. <laughs> I've had a lot of friendships. <laughs> you will, once you start to actually release people from your life who are no longer, you know, the relationship is no longer beneficial to your life, um, then, and it's, you know, it's no longer serving you. And by the way, if it's not serving you, it's not serving them either. Right. Okay. Because whatever is in your highest good is in everyone else's highest good. So there's that too. <laughs> um, so it's not it's not selfish for you to say this relation this relationship is not working anymore because it's the relationship is not working anymore, and that means it's not actually working for the other person either. Even if they have an attachment to it, that's a whole other story. But anyway, but what I want to say though is that you will see when you start to release relationships that no longer serve you, how much they were holding you back. I promise you, there have been a couple of times in my life where I had to do a very intentional, actually, I just, I did this like five years ago. As much as I, you know, I'm from New York. Um, all my oldest friends are in New York. My family's there. I, 
I have so many people there that I love and I have an amazing crew of girlfriends in New York. We had, you know, our group tags and we, we were so spontaneous, like, who, you know, who, like what you guys doing? Who wants to get dinner? Who did We just had so much fun. It was so amazing. Right. But there was something in me that was like, I am way, 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 way too comfortable in this whole vibe. Yeah. And, and my, and my friends, like most, most of them were single and it was very much this like, oh, you know, dating is hard and like the kind of energy that everybody was kind of commiserating. And I was just like, I gotta, I was, I felt, I was like, I hope they don't hear this, but <laughs> I literally felt like these pe- I felt like they were all keeping each other single mm. and that they were going to keep me single too, if I didn't get out of that. And so that was actually why I did my second move to L.A. Because I was like, I need a I need a refresh. And I just intuitively felt that. And I was 100 percent right, 100 percent right. And what's interesting now is that a few of my girlfriends from that same crew are coming to that same realization now. And they're talking to me about it. And they're just like, you know, as much as I love everyone, I just feel like, you know, we're all just a little we're all a little stuck together. And I'm like, mm hmm. <laughs> so it's just it's just interesting and and what's been great too is that for I'm still friends with all of them, right? So it's not like I've like cut them out of my life. Like, see ya, suckers. I'm moving to California to lose my number. It's just, it's just because I had that distance, the na- the nature of the relationship started to shift and I was able to like make it be something that was really good and really fulfilling to, to us both without it being too draining. You know what I'm saying? So, right. and a lot of them have grown and evolved so much too that now I feel more like we are getting closer again because we're we're now closer at the same, we're in that same phase of our lives together again. So that's the other thing. Relationships, they, you know, like I said, they fluctuate and sometimes you might be really close to someone and then you grow apart for a little bit, but you might come back together and it'll be even better when you do. Right. I love that. And they always say like, if it's true love, you let it go and it'll come back. Yes. And that, that speaks to my spirit because again, like I said, I, I struggle with ending friendships or like when it's time to let them go or or they are no longer serving me i i just struggle with that and i think the more in listening to you talk which is why i love listening to you talk first of all this <laughs> this random note girl you need to go into like the meditation like you know the guided meditation people to sleep because <laughs> there really is no i'm being serious for any there is something to like y- this definitely is like your divine calling because when you talk not only do i like i listen but it like it really like settles like if so many other thoughts come to my mind like it's really peaceful mm-hmm. um so i just I, I love that but i was saying that i in hearing you talk about you know your friendship circles that no longer serve you i think that one of my reasons um for not wanting to cut a friend out or to like actually say like you know what this no longer serves me is because you you know for me growing up and again being black and gay I I oftentimes struggle with acceptance and struggle with do people really like me um and then you know in elementary school and high school I felt like in order not to get teased I had to like be funny so like if i can make you laugh you're not going to talk about me um and so then like i realized like they're, they aren't really my friends and so when i come into a space and i say that someone is my friend that means i feel as though like they have accepted me and I, maybe again this is like my train of thought where i need to change is like where i almost feel like i'm indebted to you because it's like you saw me for who i was mm. and i think that that really 
is a lot of my reasoning for like not ever wanting to let a friend go because I feel like throughout all of the people in the world like you actually saw me and you know a lot of people feel like they know me because they like I have this big personality and all of this but like for people to really see me um yeah that means a lot to me um Mm -hmm. and so I, I think that that really is what I struggle with but hearing that story of you saying like this no longer serves me I've got to kind of sort of move on with my life and it's not like I'm cutting you out and ghosting you but like we there we need some space and time um and but that really does renew my heart to know that you friendships relationships can grow apart and they can grow together and they can form new relationships so yeah that story was definitely powerful so I just thank you for sharing that oh you're so welcome thank you for your kind words too <laughs> yeah. yeah friendships are so, so deep so deep yeah so I have a, like another like two more questions about friendships because I just am curious do you feel like friendships are transactional they can be okay yeah. And so I guess the sub story to so the can romantic story. relationships they can be if that's what you and listen it, it, that's just how it is sometimes if you are both on board with that then that's fine but it is a transactional friendship healthy I think that if all of your friendships are transactional I would definitely take a look at that um, and you know that pattern and and um, uh, you know, and, and take that as a, there's some avoidance of intimacy and, you know, that's happening there. Um, however, if um, you have, I mean, I, I think, I don't know if I have friendships that I would purely describe as transactional, but I definitely have people who are, you know, we're friends. They're not like my closest friends or anything like that, but we're friends. But it is more like if they reach out to me, I know there's a reason Right. You know, um, but it's not like there, there's some people who they reach out to me. I know there's a reason and they're asking me and they're they're just takers and that's all they ever do. And those people I'm you know, I, I, I barely consider those people friends. I'm more like, I know I know her. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for the people who I'm um, like, yeah, I know her. Um, but for people who, you know, my friendships that may be more on that sort of like, quote unquote, transactional side, there's always some other element to it as well. There's some more depth to it. It. So I don't mind if it's like, oh, yeah, the reason that you're picking up the phone today is because there is this thing that came up and maybe you, you know, wanted my advice or a question or could I make an introduction whatever, you know, like that's life. That's friend. I don't I'm, I'm your friend. I don't mind because there right. is something else there. But if it was only that, then, yeah, that's not that's I'm not interested in that. Right. I had a recent situation uh, a couple of weeks ago where I had a friend and you know, something was like important to me. And so I had reached out to for their assistance and they like agreed. They were like, hey, I, can, I can do that. No problem. And, you know, when it came time to do it, I felt like it was half assed mm. and it bothered me. And again, I'm on a, a journey to a better Bryce. And so <laughs> uh, the, the old Bryce would have been like, I, I, you I'm done with you like you know uh but the the journey that I'm on I'm like you know what let me hold this friend accountable uh in the sense that I feel like I show up for my friends you know I'm the biggest cheerleader for my friends I don't 
normally ask for much but like in this particular moment in time I was like I reached out to specifically ask for something um, and not only like specifically ask for something like I was intentional about how I went about it you agreed to help me do something and I, I wrote out what I needed from you and again I just felt like this friend just completely disregarded it and so when I said I'm on the road to better price um, when I reached out to let the person know that I was upset I may be like you know was a little short mm-hmm. and so and and I can own up to that and so the friend was kind of sort of telling me like like I hate when you do things like that because it makes me feel like whatever like if you got an issue like please just address it and so at now in this friendship okay so it's like okay well let me address what you did that upset me so if it's I was like you know I want you to put three apples outside your window um, and you only put one apple outside your window and so let me ask you something is this somebody who you expect to put three apples outside your window I would have thought are yes. you are you okay so you're not asking a one apple person for three no. apples no I'm not I, <laughs> not not that I would have thought because you know I put out six apples for you mm-hmm. and you know and again circumstances in the, this friendship have changed like you know their status in other places you know it's a little more elevated so you know they feeling themselves and I'm not mad at that mm-hmm. but I just felt like and so when I actually brought the issue up the friend was like okay like you getting mad that I didn't put an apple out and they're like you're making it seem like our friendship is transactional mm-hmm. and that caught me off guard because I was just like well one I was upset because now this friend seems like I'm mad because I asked for three apples and you only put one apple out and I'm being ungrateful mm-hmm. like and that's not like, and although that is what I am upset about, I don't even eat apples. I don't even want the apple. Like, you know what I mean? What mm-hmm. I am upset about is that like, I asked you to show up for me and you did not show up. Mm-hmm. But, and again, I take my friendships very serious. And so yeah. the, like the fact that they said that like you're treating, you're, you're acting like our friendship is transactional. Like I just was like, uh, like, Oh, that's like a, a cut to my heart. Like, no, our friendship is not transactional. But again, I take ownership in the sense of like how I went about it. Like, you know, I shouldn't have been so cutthroat, but like about like, okay, whatever. I should have just like, you know, tried to more eloquently explain it. But and so, again, I apologize for my actions. And, you know, the person was like, sure, okay. And then the more time has passed and I am reflecting on it. (laughs) And again, now, you, you know, you can always gather me <laughs> the, the, the more time that so sure I apologize but again I apologize for like my initial like how I brought it up cause like I'm on the road to a better price um, <laughs> and you know they kind of sort of accepted my apology but like okay and, and so then I am thinking about it now and I'm like you still didn't put the three apples out Mm. Like you still like, you know, it, it's it's like you missed the whole point. And so now that still bothers me. However, I am fearful to bring this up because I feel like they will still be like, this bitch is sti-. like it, all you want are the apples. Like and again, I'm like, no, it's not about the apples. It's actually about the action and actually about the fact that I, I reached out for you to show up. Mm-hmm. But I'm just scared that they were you clear not. what your intentions? Oh, uh, yes, very much so. Very, you, I, on what your expectations were, I mean, yes. And mm-hmm. again, if 
the person would have said, at this time, Bryce, I don't want to put the three apples out. You, I would have like, been all, okay, like that's fine. Like, would you? Would you have felt that way? I, I would have been a little upset, but I would have respected it. And mm-hmm. that's my friend. So I respect it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I feel like you agreed to put the three apples out yeah. and then you kind of just like put an apple. Like it I, it just was okay. like, ugh. yeah. So let me ask you something. OK, so so outside of before this incident. Okay, so so let what what is underneath this? Because it's not just about the apples and because and that's also in the past, right? Like that, right, what it's in the past. So I, my advice to you, I'm glad that we're talking about this, is that you got to like release this because you, now you're stuck in the past, holding on to this resentment and you know, holding on. To this my thing. This is what Nelson Mandela said. You know, hold and resentment is a form of anger, right? Mm-hmm. And he he said my favorite quote about anger. Holding on to anger is like taking poison and expecting it to kill your enemies. Mm. Okay, so let's just like release that for a moment because also it does. It's hard to see clearly, right? Right. So it's like okay, situation happened. You're disappointed, which you have every right to be. So you allow yourself to feel that disappointment, like okay, well, that sucked. I was hoping for three apples. I only got one. This doesn't feel great, but this is really triggering to me. Mm. So what? what is that about? Mm. The... Tr- <laughs> You see what I mean, girl? This this is not the notes I sent you, girl. You supposed to stick to the notes I sent you. Okay, so if you want me to be honest, it's triggering for me because, and again, I, I I'm going to be vague out yes. of privacy. Yes, 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 yes. But it's triggering for me in the sense of, <laughs> and mind you, you know my analogies always be crazy. But let's just say I have always had four apple trees. Okay. And this person may not have had any apple trees. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, we still formed a a friendship. I always shared my apples. I always, you know, allowed my apples to be great. And like, you know, whatever you want to do. This person recently shared with me that, like, I'm getting ready to get an orchard of Mm -hmm. apple trees. And so I'm like, yeah. Like let me show, let me tell you and show you what I know about what I know about the apple trees and like you know. Yeah, this is a great analogy, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, I you know feared that something like this would happen once the once you received your orchid or mm-hmm. your, your your orchard of apple trees. And mm-hmm. so you got your orchard of apple trees. And here I am now like, hey, um, I'd love three apples just to <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> put in my window. Right, 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 right. And for me, I felt as though this friend was like, I don't, you know, I only really want to, you know, associate with other people that have other orchards, orchards of apple trees. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to give the three apples of love. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? I so understand. it's yeah. very much so like, well, bitch, well, you did not have no motherfucking apple tree. Bitch, I didn't share all. Like, yes, and yeah. so for me, it was just very triggering in the sense of like, were you even my friend? Like, yeah. were, like did you? So, and, and I guess that honestly is like the root of it. Mm-hmm. And although this friend was 
will be like, no, never. I know, but like, I, boom, boom, no, boom. No, yeah, this is no. Okay, can can I can I, give I get, you, yeah okay. I, per- permission <laughs> to gather. <laughs> so okay, so what I'm hearing is that you basically went into the friendship with a little bit of a. Um, so, okay, so you already shared that when you go into your friendships, you're seeking, there's part of you that's like seeking that acceptance, which we're all seeking, by the way, right? That's a fundamental human need. Um, and because you have, you have some wounds, you have some experiences about not being accepted, that's something that is really at the forefront for you, right? It's not mm. like, I don't just want, it's not just about connection, it's about acceptance. And by the way, I feel... Um, I really, I really resonated and related to what you said about like when somebody, when you feel really seen, like that really means something to you. And cause I'm, I'm the same way. So I, I get that. Okay. Um, and there's, so you're basically going into your relationship then though, with this little bit of this, I need to do things in order for you to accept me. Mm. Right. Because just being, being me is not enough. Right. So I have to do extra in order to, for you to accept me. Okay. So, that, does that resonate with no, you? No, I mean, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. It's not on the notes, but yes, <laughs> it does. So, what happens, why, th- and this is why, by the way, self, this is why self-love, it always comes back to self-love. And like mm. I said, I, I, the only reason I could talk about this is because I've been through this so many times, okay? <laughs> um, the, re- the thing about self-love and relationships is that we don't need to love ourselves so we can love other people because loving other people is easy. Giving to other people is easy. It's actually receiving and believing that we're worthy of receiving. That's, that's the problem. So when we are not able to really accept ourselves and to validate ourselves then we are constantly going to be seeking acceptance and validation from other people. And we cannot ever get all the validation and acceptance we need from other people. It's not possible. We, we have to do that for ourselves. And then when you get validation and acceptance from other people, it's icing, but it's not the cake. Right. Right. So going back into this situation, what it sounds like to me is that there was this part of you and this is this is subconscious. Right. You got to give yourself a break. We all do. Everyone who's listening, like we all have to give ourselves a break. Ninety five percent of what you think and feel is happening beneath your conscious awareness. Only five percent of what you are thinking and feeling is in your conscious awareness. Okay, so we are running a program that is very deep. We're not like actively going like, hmm, how can I validate my feelings of uh, like, you know, like it's that's not what we're, we're not calculating that consciously. So you deserve compassion. We all do. So giving yourself that compassion is super important. And that's the place with which I want you to receive everything I'm saying from this place of like just compassion for yourself because you didn't choose any of this. Yes. Okay. So but on a level because this is what we all do. We do choose people who are going to uh, validate and verify the things that we believe to be true. So if you believe that your validation and your acceptance is going to be dependent on another person and that you are not going to get what you need, because that you, because you said, you're like, I always had a fear, right? Mm -hmm. There was always fear at the root of this relationship. So 
even though it was something that you feared, you also subconsciously were taking actions to actually do that. Because what I would imagine knowing nothing about, I don't know who you're talking about, I don't know the situation, but what knowing you and how generous you are, my I would imagine that you were overdoing for this person. When they when you they didn't have any when you had your four trees and they didn't have any apples, my I would guess that you were overdoing for them in a and it was kind of this unspoken thing of I'm gonna do for you and I want you to accept me in return. And we all do this. It doesn't mean the friendship wasn't real. It does and this is we do this in romantic relationships. Major, major, major. That's why we all have patterns in relationships, because we are running the program. We can spot it. We don't know that that's what's going on. We're like, oh my God, it's chemistry. They're the one. (laughs) And it's really just like your subconscious going, "Uh aha, there's the puzzle piece that's going to fit exactly what you believe about yourself and love and relationships. And that's, and then we're like, how do I find myself in this situation again? It's like, oh, that's how. But anyway, getting my, I don't want to like psychoanalyze you. I'm not a therapist also, (laughs) but, but what I would, but what I would just look at is, what I, cause, cause when we have, when we have relationships that have those type of imbalances and we're overdoing for other people, it generally creates entitlement in the other person. So if you find that you're like, oh, I'm displaying a level of generosity towards this person that they are not reciprocating, that is a sign that you need to do less for that other person. That's a sign that like, okay, I am, I am no longer. And I know that now you feel like, oh, well now they've got, you know, an orchard and I still got four trees and there's some, you know, understandable like resentment there, or bitterness there. That is a lesson to you of like, wow, what if I gave all the energy that I gave to everybody else, if I if I bet on myself. Mm, 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 you better bring it around. <laughs> <laughs> How big would my orchard be? Mm, mm, so mm. if you're triggered by that orchard, it's only because you, the orchard inside of you is like, can you get this damn orchard popping already? <laughs> You're going to let this joker who didn't even have a, didn't even have a a seed. (laughs) You gave them all the apples, all the seeds, all the water, all the sunshine. What if you gave that to yourself? That's so deep. That is like, I, um, that's just so deep, Franny, because I would say that I, I, clearly wasn't looking at the situation like this. I was clearly looking at the situation um, in another perspective. And I think that you're like, absolutely right. I think that, yeah, like I just, I don't disagree. Um, And that changes my format of just even how I'm looking at the situation uh, with the apple trees. And yeah, you're right. And I, I guess there is some sense of like validation and some sense of like, you know, there's just a lot there. So I, I definitely receive that. And I definitely, um, I definitely can receive that. Um, I still feel like there is a conversation that I should have. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. I'm not saying I'm, it's, this is not to let your friend off the hook for not, you know, not st- staying to their word. I, this is, it's the only, the only thing is just for when you go into that conversation, just, oh, it's, yeah, I'm completely, my energy has shifted. Okay. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yes, <laughs> yeah. You like, know, right. Cause you just want to focus on what's important and not bring all the energy of like, this is actually about me and the fact that I haven't, you know, bet on myself. And that's, what's really making me mad. Right. Because it's like, there's the thing that happened, which is not the thing that you're really upset about. 
what's it, it, it's um the, the quote that I love is if it's hysterical, it's historical. Mm. So when we have an extreme when we have an extreme emotional reaction to something, when we're triggered, I'm not saying that it doesn't excuse the, the the incident that triggered it, but it's triggering something deeper, which is why it's affecting you so deeply, which is why it's so hard to let it go. Because it's, you know, because it's, it's not just about your friend. So actually what you could do is be grateful for this experience and for your friend for giving you this opportunity to learn this lesson. Girl, absolutely. I just, <laughs> I just had a breakthrough on this podcast with you right now. And the scary thing about, I guess, so let me just be transparent. And like the emotion that I'm feeling right now is fear. And fear because... And maybe this is the reason why I wanted to talk to you about this, because I knew that you would, like, clarify some things for me. But the fear that I am having right now is that I feel like this is just some random isolated incident that don't really, like, you know, I was in my feelings about. But what I am, like, my heart is pumping is, like, bitch, what else can I apply this to my life like you just like you know what i'm saying like oh my god <laughs> i know it actually applies to everything That's i know we all we are all it's wherever you go there you are this is the same this is and it's the same for everyone i mean so feel comforted <laughs> we all we are all wired in the exact same way i mean the fact that you even have the the self-awareness to have the epiphany to realize like, oh, wait a second, is that right there puts you in such the minority of people because mm-hmm. most people are just running the program and they're so attached to it. They can't ever have the distance to ever or the, to have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest thing in the world for us to react and to blame everybody else for how we feel. I mean, I've had I've had this fight with my with my boyfriend because he'll be like, you know, when you said that you made me feel this way, I was like, okay, I'm, I'll take responsibility for what I said, but I won't take responsibility for your feelings. Mm. I can't make you feel anything. <laughs> you can't make another person feel another per- another way. You can't. I mean, you can try. Like some, but if you think about it, like say some survivor troll, for instance, wanted to like make me feel really badly about myself. I mean, good fucking luck. <laughs> first of all just tell me to act tell me they at name and i'll be on their ass okay that's no and and the thing is and there's not in and i don't even get that i hardly even get any of that because i'm and i think it's because i'm so like i mean i'm like why would i ever i i'm not i don't have any emotional attachment to what people i don't know think about me i mean i shouldn't say that if you, not if you're a troll, no. Because I'm like, that's not about me. That's about you. Right. So that, you know, so my, my point is saying, I'm, I'm getting off track. My point is saying this is like, when you start to realize how much power you actually have and how much we are actually creating all of the experiences of our lives, mm-hmm. like that's, it, I mean, I personally find that extremely empowering. <sighs> I find it a little scary. <laughs> well, it's it, and it and it can it can feel scary, but here's the good news. You never you don't have to know anything more than that and just be like, "All right, well, if I did, if there's something else going, even just asking a simple question like, okay, if there's something else going on here that that I'm not really aware of, what might that be?" Mm. Like, if this situation is actually here to teach me something that is in my highest good, what might that be? 
if it's not actually about this one incident that happened, but what this incident is really triggering deeper within me and what it's reminding me of or what fear it might be confirming, what might that be? Just like literally that's all you have to do is just ask yourself questions that are more empowering because usually the questions that we ask ourselves when we're having challenges like why me or why does this always happen to me or why did this person do that to me or why this or like and it's in and it's like if you ask those disempowering like why me victim type questions you will get disempowering victim answers and if you ask yourself empowered just I, I call it compassionate curiosity just be compassionate towards yourself because you didn't choose any of this shit. <laughs> and then just be curious about it. Like, okay, if I'm open, I, even if I can't see it right now, I'm open to the possibility that this situation is actually in my highest good. I mean, listen, I get this. And I, and this is how I feel about Survivor, by the way. When people are like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened to you. And how can they do that to you? And that's so terrible. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, it was not a pleasant experience. But I look back on that now and I'm like, actually, thank God that happened. Because as I said before, I was like kind of coasting, kind of sleepwalking through my life. And if I had, I I know this about myself. If I had gone on Survivor and I finished like, I don't know, seventh place, eighth, you know, something just like, okay, people were like, okay, that's a respectable showing. You were, you know, seventh place, eighth place, whatever. I would have been like proud of myself. I would be like, okay, good. I went on Survivor. I had a decent showing, like good. And would not have like, I needed the kick in the ass. (laughs) And then I needed the double kick in the ass. (laughs) Because when I got the first kick in the ass, I just went back to exact to my same life, just like a sadder version of myself. <laughs> and then I got the second kick in the ass. And then I was like, oh, OK, OK, universe, I guess you're trying to tell me something. <laughs> so time for me to like figure it out. And so what if we can just and, and I still have to remind myself. I had to remind myself of something that happened this week. I was like, okay, wait a second. If this is happening, if this is happening to show me something, to teach me something, if this is actually happening in my highest good, what might that be? And I had to do that and I had to sit down and I had to write it out and I had to journal on it and I had to take a walk and because it was triggering and all the things. And then I was like, oh, okay, actually I see. There is this lesson and this lesson and oh, yeah, I guess there is that. And I'm like, oh, great, reset, <laughs> you know? So we don't have to try to think it, think it, Think, think everything through and like, oh, I have to figure it out and figure it out and I have to like, no, you can't figure it out in your 5% little prefrontal cortex, which is very beautiful and logical, but we have to just like allow ourselves to open up and ask some more empowering questions and let those answers come to us because they will. You will, I promise you ask those questions, you'll get answers. A hundred percent. Like, yeah, I, I feel like this would a breakthrough look like. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, it's, I I don't know. I just, I am somewhat speechless in the sense of you're absolutely right. And I I don't have much to say to that. And I think it took a situation like this where I was actually like being transparent about like the situation. And for you to be able to, to see through that is just really, um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm shocked, but it is. Like, you're absolutely right. Like, I I don't have anything to say to that. And that challenges me. And it is like, again, I'm on this road to a better Bryce. So I receive it. And I, you know, 
I want to reflect on it and I want to like think about the patterns in which how I operate and some of the things and the ways that I do things are, you know, might not be the most beneficial, even though I feel like they are. But, you know, I, with that caring, compassionate concern or compassionate questioning, asking like, what really is the root of that? That's deep. That is something that I um that I, I can use and that I, I, I need to employ more of compassionate thinking and honestly doing it um i think that is what i need to do i just am i i guess (laughs) where i am frustrated at is that i am tired of asking your ass to come on my podcast okay (laughs) and i give you a topic in which i want to talk about and then girl you turn around and you always are gathering me Oh my god, I know, I know. It was like when people are, people ask me, they'll be like, So, what dating app should I be on? And I'm like, This is not the right question. Right. <laughs> girl, girl, you need to be compassionate thinking about your past. Oh my like, god, this is, this is a, 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 an actually irrelevant question. <laughs> like, what actually needs to be talked about right now? Um, but yeah, it's. um. I know it's, this, this is, this is like, but this is, but what's so great is that look at what everything that you have been able to manifest for yourself. And that's with doubting yourself and judging yourself and holding yourself back. Right. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, imagine, and also do not underestimate the fear of success is a real, real thing. Mm, yeah. Having an orchard when you're used to having four trees is extremely uncomfortable that is outside of your comfort zone at the moment and whenever you are pushing up the the limit of your comfort zone even if it's something you want even if it's love even if it's money even if it's success even if it's this is what we do we're like oh this is uncomfortable i'm not going to do this anymore and we like okay i'll just shrink back down to like what what feels comfortable and then we're like damn it i'm stuck here right it's mm. like but nothing is stopping us except for the fact that we aren't able to allow ourselves to grow through the discomfort if you're looking for to change anything in your life and you're looking for that that change to feel effortless you congratulations <laughs> you're not going to change anything <laughs> <laughs> And everything is going to stay exactly as it is Um, and maybe get worse over time because you'll get more and more and more frustrated. Um, So it's 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 like it's just something to know. There's a quote from Marianne Williamson um, from her book, A Return to Love. It's misattributed to Nelson Mandela, but he just was quoting her. Um, The quote is, our greatest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Hmm. And the first time I heard that and I I read that book, I was like, I don't think that's my greatest fear. (laughs) like spiders girl that's like you know (laughs) (laughs) and it has taken me years and years to understand how true that is how true that is we we equate comfort with safety on a subconscious level so our subconscious just wants to keep us safe it thinks it's helping it's like no 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 just stay here (laughs) stay here because you know everything that's going on here and no tiger is going to jump out from behind a bush and eat you so you're just stay right here and we have to know better for ourselves be like actually i just 
subconscious, I know it's a little hard for you right now. So it's going to feel, I'm going to feel a lot of resistance. I'm going to feel <laughs> a lot of pull to do things that are the same way that I've always done them. Cause that's going to keep me where I am, but I'm going to make a different choice and you'll catch up because it will catch up. It's like the transition period is hard. And then your subconscious is like, oh, we're running a new program. We do an orchards now. Okay. (laughs) I guess we do an orchards now. Like, and that's, and then it'll run that program. Like, that's the thing. It's like, it it will run the program. It's just when it's running a program that you don't want, then it's like, okay, I got to go through the work and debug it. And then it'll run the program you want. And then, then that's the new normal. Yeah. This is a system it's, upgrade happening right now. Oh, I like that. Okay, an iPhone, iPhone update. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you have to do the processing, so it's like you don't just have to sit there and like wait. <laughs> you have to, right. you have to the one doing the processing of this particular update. <laughs> but um, but then it's updated, and then that's done, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. And what used to feel really hard won't feel hard anymore. Just like I, there are so many things in your life that used to feel really hard and scary. And now there's no big deal. But you had to go through that process of going through the discomfort of it feeling really hard and scary to get to where you are now. And that's just what we all have to keep doing. That's that is living a productive life where you are continuing to grow and expand as a person. I I am receiving everything. (laughs) I'm sorry. I know it's so much. I hope your listeners are not like, what is this therapy session? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but I mean it it's true and I'm very transparent and I, I I'm very vulnerable and especially with you. I know that if I'm experiencing this, I can only imagine how the listeners can apply this to their life, apply yeah. this to their selves. Like, no, it, it's powerful. You know, and I think that sometimes that's one of my gifts is that like I I don't mind sharing. Like I will share. Yeah. Um and yeah, but I might be good at sharing, but I need to to process different. And I, I think that, yeah, like it's every time I talk to you, I feel this way. Like it, it's so bizarre that I am. Yeah, I just I there's so much that I need to work on. And I, I recognize that. And you know, what? it's not so much. It's actually only one thing. It's only one thing. It just shows up in a lot of different ways. A lot of different places. Right. That's all. <laughs> but it, but, it, but it's, it's just fundamentally, it's just one thing. It's just knowing that you are worthy. You were born worthy and there's nothing that can ever happen. There's nothing that you could ever do to change that. It's so interesting because like you said, it's just the one thing that I need to work on. And you just saying that, that you are worthy just for me, I just think about the last two times we talked and all different subjects all of them, all different subjects. Every time we talk, you know, and at the end of every conversation, you always say that, like, you know, like you need to work on the fact that you are worthy. Um, Yeah. And that, that's a prime example of what you're saying, that like it shows up in every aspect, just that one thing. And um, yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's it. and and also for everyone who's listening to because I don't people be like, well, I don't feel worthy. It's OK, because by the way. And, and, and somebody might be listening and be like, oh, I know I'm worthy. And that's great. But what I encourage everyone to recognize and to be humble enough to recognize is, as I said, only 5% of what you think and feel is in your conscious awareness. And for any of us to not have some issues with self-worth would be a miracle and possibly impossible <laughs> um, because we live in a traumatic um 
culture where we are told in a million ways every day of our lives that we're not worthy and that we need to have certain things and look certain ways and do certain things and have people say and have a certain number of likes. And like, I mean, there's, we have a very, very, very dysfunctional culture that gives us infinite ways to feel unworthy. So I want everybody to just consider the possibility <laughs> that we could we could go deeper into our self-worth and to understand that it is not just a set it and forget it thing. It is a practice. So what whether you feel it or not, you can always give yourself a, you know, again, bear with self-compassion. You got to give yourself a break for whatever's happening. Make sure you just made a choice to just, I'm going to release the judgment. I'm going to release, you know, whatever per- real or perceived mistake I think I made. I need to give myself a break right now so I can move on and do better next time. And then ask yourself, because once you do that, because if you, if you ask this question without doing the self-compassionate reset, then it's, you're probably not going to get a good answer. So you want to make sure you've just taken a moment to reset and release that self-judgment. And then ask yourself, if I truly believed that I was worthy of having fulfilling friendships, romantic love, as many orchards as I want, <laughs> <laughs> as much money as I want, you know, the, the, the fitness that I wanted, the lifestyle that I wanted, whatever those things are that your heart is really calling you to have, you know, the financial abundance that I want, right? If I truly believed that I was worthy of having that thing, what would I do right now? And just see what comes up. And it's not about a perfect answer. It's about starting to understand that you can start to make different choices. Because sometimes the answer might be, well, I would put down my phone and give myself 10 minutes to calm down. I don't know. (laughs) Or be like, well, I wouldn't return this text message from this idiot who just came back around who after ghosting me and now they're acting like, you know, you up. (laughs) And like, I'm supposed to just, you know, jump to it and be like, yeah, you know, maybe if I truly believed I was worthy of having the love that I wanted when somebody showed me that they were not capable or willing to give me that love, I would walk away, even though that felt hard. Maybe that's what I would do if I truly believed I was worthy of having the love that I wanted. So if I truly believed I was worthy of having the money I wanted, I would actually figure out how much credit card debt I have. And I would actually take a look at what I'm actually spending my money on and all the ways I'm spending money on shit that I don't care about. Or maybe I would think about starting that business that I actually really wanted to start if I believed I was worthy of doing that. Maybe I would look into that. Maybe I'd do a Google search. Maybe I would take a walk around the block. You know, it doesn't have to be like a life changing action. Well, It will be a life-changing action, actually, but it doesn't have to be a dramatic action. It can be, I would ask somebody for help because I don't really know what my options are right now. But if I believed I was worthy of having that outcome, then I would trust that I could figure it out and I don't have to figure it out by myself because luckily we don't have to figure shit out by ourselves because we're all in relationship with each other (laughs) and we're humans and lots of people have written lots of books and talk about lots of subjects that, I mean... We can. We don't have to figure everything out ourselves. There are a lot of resources out there to help us to grow, to heal, to learn, to overcome challenges. And I, for one, love it all. I'm actually reading an amazing book right now um, that I recommend to everyone. It's very, depending on where you are in your spiritual journey, it, it's probably going to have, you know, it's definitely going to have different resonance for you. But um, 
I love the simplicity of it. And it's really beautiful book. It's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And um, it's real good. It's real good. I'm writing it down. (laughs) Just know you don't have to have all the answers. They'll come. The answers will come. The path will appear. Yes. And there's a reason uh, to why I called on you. There's a reason to why I... I'll reach out to you because I feel every time we talk, um, no matter if it's for a podcast, no matter if it's, you know, on a planning meeting, no matter if it's texting, I I feel enriched and I I can't thank you enough for this opportunity and this this podcast because honestly, I'm I, I don't I, I'm always just caught off guard because like this again, I wanted to keep it fun and interesting and you know talk about some real things but i am just always surprised at how you can get to the root of things or just really like highlight some things in my life and i'm sure in other people's lives and that's why you are the great granny that you are um (laughs) and it's just so amazing so i just i want to thank you so much for coming on uh this week and just enriching my life before we end out i would love for you to tell the people where they can follow you at where they can contact you if they feel as though this conversation really resonated with them and they would want to talk to you about their own situation or figure out like where can the people get a hold of your special self (laughs) you are so sweet Bryce I love you so much I absolutely love talking to you as and like when I like when you asked me the other day um if I come back on a podcast I'm like literally anytime (laughs) okay so I'll be here every week if you wanted me to be um so (laughs) um it's more than my pleasure to be here and in terms of uh staying in touch with me. I'm very easy to find. I am at Dear Franny on everything. I'm most active on Clubhouse and Instagram. And I also have a podcast. It's called Dear Franny Podcast. And and actually season three of my podcast is launching soon. And it's going to be all dating advice questions. So people can submit their questions. And that's what I'm going to be answering on the show. So I'm excited about that. Um, And then lastly, if people would like to text me and be part of my text community, and get notified about things that's going on. Um, you can text me. This is a U.S. number. That's 323-402-6863. So 323-402-6863. Yes. Thank you so much, Franny. Love you. Love and you, I cannot wait until the next time we talk. Yay. Me too. It's a purple pants promotion. In keeping the menu rolling, you know I'm on a roll with my purple pants promotions. And so I figure, you know what, let's move into the month of June with doing some more purple pants promotions. So I'm really excited to welcome to the podcast a lifelong friend of mine. And when I say a lifelong friend, I truly mean a lifelong friend. Me and this person have been friends since the third grade. We went to elementary school together and we've stayed in contact over the years. 
And so she has a small business here on the podcast. I'm all about uplifting and giving people their flowers while they're here. So I want to formally welcome to the podcast, Melissa Morgan Bradley, the owner of Brooklyn Cozy. Hey. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Um, The weather is so nice in New York, so I'm just very excited for summer. Yes, summer is here. And uh, me personally, I'm trying to get these COVID pounds off of me so it can be a hot boy summer. I think I want to give some context to the listeners because they're probably like, well, who is this person? So I, how do we know each other? We were best friends and friends since elementary school, since third grade. I don't know how we became friends. Um who knows? I, oh, I remember how we became friends. <laughs> uh, so we're not going to just skip over that. I believe it might have been the first day of third grade and I was new to the school, Henry. And I remember I came into the class and like my desk was, I think it might have even been behind you. And I remember like walking in and I was so nervous and you stuck out for me because you had like four notebooks on your desk. I'm like, wow, she's really like studious. And as I like got closer and closer, I realized they were like notebooks covered with uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen twins. And I was like, oh, okay, she is really um, all about the Olsen twins. Yes, I was obsessed. I had little scrapbooks. That's so funny. That's the first thing you noticed. Yes. I was just like, why does this girl have like four notebooks on her desk and you weren't looking at anyone? And uh, it just is so funny. Um, So and then through since then, we were definitely uh, friends. And it's so funny because one thing I love about uh, hosting and having my own podcast is that I get to kind of catch up with my classmates that that we grew up with and a couple of episodes ago let's get physical fiscal excuse me I had Justin Sullivan on the podcast um, and he really kind of dropped some financial knowledge to my posse so it was really good and so Melissa Justin and I all grew up together uh, and went to school together so I got another question for you what is a memory uh, of me like a funny memory or just a memory of me from that time frame that sticks out in your mind. I'm sure the listeners would love to hear about a young spicy Brycey. Yes. Well, there are so, so many. Um, I think you know the one I'm going to say. We were on a camping trip and there was... (laughs) A talent show. (laughs) No, Jay. No. No. (laughs) Yes. And you performed with a few other of our classmates, Nicole Ray, Make It Hot. Yes. And the ad-libs were amazing. (laughs) When I hear this song to this day, I think of your dance. Never forget. That is so funny. I, it's... I oftentimes think like that Bryce of that time error, like, and you know, me growing up and living in my truth and being an openly gay black man, like I sometimes think about those times because it's like 
that was like truly myself. Like I would never, and it, like for, that's like you at work, and your work has a talent show, and then you get up and you dance. I just, I can't believe that I would do that, but I, I, I can believe. Um, but it's just so funny because it's like. I really feel like in those days uh, before social media or any of that time, like though that was like actually our authentic, true selves. Would you agree? I completely agree. You were the star of the show. Like, <laughs> all of it makes sense. Your outfit was great. It's just, it was you. That is so funny. Um, and then uh, another thing I want to ask you is that uh, so on the podcast, my mom has her own segments called Barb's Message, and she's like a beloved here at the Posse. Um, and you've had so many interactions with Barb. I'm just curious if there is a story or something that sticks out in your mind with Miss Barb. Yes. Um, first, love her. Also, very stylish. Always very nice and very welcoming. Um, I don't remember whose car it was, but in high school, <laughs> one of our cars broke down on the side of the road. We both were driving old Ford, so who knows? Um, and we had to call a tow truck. And for whatever reason, your mom was in the tow truck, and I ended up sitting on her lap the entire <laughs> ride. I remember that. That was so funny. I was like, yes. so I don't know. I was so embarrassed. Like, I couldn't believe our car broke down. But um, yes. hold on. Ooh. Oh, oh, this is it. I told you so. You know, not like, hey, I'm remembering a little bit of the choreography. <laughs> Take it back. Yes, come on, Nicole Bright. Okay, so enough about us just cackling back and forth uh, about our childhood. But, so you have created a lifestyle brand honoring softness and slow fashion, handmade knitwear, bags, wellness, and beauty. So tell us about Brooklyn Cozy. Sure. Um, there's so much to tell. I'll kind of just start from the beginning. I originally started Brooklyn Cozy um, when I lived in L.A. back in 2013, and it was doing great. It wasn't what it is today, and then kind of took a break. I had a very traumatic loss and then moved to New York and picked back up during pandemic, like I think most people did. Um, and from there, it started as this amazing lip gloss that I've always wanted, something we have in common about the gloss. Yes. Um, and then it grew to just making things that are comfortable and fashion forward and flattering and easy and very New York. So just kind of growing from there and just whatever my mind is seeing just creating it and putting it out there and it's been amazing and fulfilling and I'm so happy yes and so for the listeners that are listening like Brooklyn Cozy is I, I mean obviously it's a fashion brand but I feel like it's not just fashion uh, because I remember when you launched your website I wanted to support and I'm like well I can't wear no knit crop top <laughs> but I definitely like took a look and you definitely had lip gloss and you know baby boy loves to keep my lips shining you had 
fragrances. I use my lavender a lot. And you have mask and just like so many other great things. So it's not just like clothes. But I do love the look of your clothes um, and the fact that it is like handmade knit uh, tops and bags. And I even saw you recently had a birthday. Happy birthday. And I saw that you. you had, of course, these like I, I don't want to call them capris, but kind of like shorts, and then it had like knit on the bottom. I was like, "Well, that, now that's something that you don't see every day," and I I love that. What do you use for your inspiration? Um, so for my inspiration, I kind of just use New York, which New York to me is all about being comfortable and like true to who you are. It's very unique. It's easy. It's easy to dress up or down. And it's also very centering. And you need something um, to center yourself while you're here because it is very demanding and very tough, which is where the wellness and lifestyle products come in. So I have a room spray, one to like energize you, one to help you sleep. I have a relaxing fragrance. I do have a self-care kit, which literally comes with sage and a journal and a candle. So kind of everything you would need to be your best self in New York City. Yes, I love that. And even like hearing you talk about how the brand is so like New York, it really does make me think of the Olsen twins. And I and I know this might sound crazy, but it's like, you know, they I remember that movie that I forget what it was, but it was something about them going to New York. And, you know, it's just when you look at the Austin Twins empire now, um, it's very much kind of so you do you feel like you growing up um, and like loving the Austin Twins? Do you think that that has inspired you in a real way? And it's weird that I say that because recently um, on another podcast, I had reviewed the movie Life Size with Tyra Banks and Lindsay Lohan. And I remember watching it as a child and there were like so many things as an adult looking back at it. I'm like, wow, like there are just so many things in my life that I loved and was obsessed with I really feel like our traits in my life today for instance you know me I love Destiny's Child and I'm all things Destiny's Child and it's like the more and more I like go back and listen to music or I see their influence in a lot of my life do you feel like Mary Kay and Ashley has done that to you I love that question I have literally never thought about it but I will say yesterday um there's like this meme going around and it's the Austin twins doing this dance from when they were younger, but they put it to city girls okay. and like my sister sent it to me and it was so funny. So yes, the Austin twins are still very much a part of my life. Like if someone sees them, it's sent to me. Um, but I, I think yes. And also when I lived in LA, I worked on Melrose place and they opened their first flagship literally four feet from my store. Um, so I, I got to see them and meet them. And their store was so much of a lifestyle brand and so LA that my brand is probably that for New York. So I would say yes, completely. I love that. And what does it mean for you to be a black woman um, 
being an entrepreneur, being a creative, like what does that mean for you? Because there are so many obstacles in this world, uh, you know, being a minority, uh, but being a black woman and being able to still find inspiration in this world and not only find it, but being able to channel it and to create very unique pieces and that really like reflect you. Because a lot of the times when I look at your 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 items, your clothes, the things that you sell. It's so you um, in the sense of like I've watched the evolution of you from back in the day from you wearing like guest jeans and like butterfly clips in your hair to like and even when you were wearing the butterfly clips in your hair, you were still like a trendsetter. Like it wasn't like you were wearing it like how everybody else was wearing it. I remember like your room being so creative. I remember a lot of like your dad rest to soul vents always kind of like supporting and encouraging you and i just kind of wonder what all of that means to you and especially like in nowadays where it is so important that we show love to our black sisters and we really support them i just am curious to know like what your thought is on that and i know on my podcast i'm really bad at like asking one question and then (laughs) in the question i ask like 30 other questions so i apologize about that No, it's okay. Um, So being a black woman and having a small business in today's climate and since I started kind of in 2013, it's, it's really, really difficult. And it's something that I think a lot of people don't realize how hard it is. It's hard to have a business in general, but your content is not, you know, pushed out how other people's content is pushed out. You're not going to get the funding. Um, it's just you're going to have to do it yourself and kind of grow as your business grows, which is what I've been doing. Um, and as far as being true to myself in my business, I just it's the only way I know how to be. Like you said, like my parents put that in me and I've always been myself, that person with those Olsen twins scrapbooks sitting on the desk, (laughs) not caring is the same person that wore these crazy creative pants walking in New York. Um, So it's just always been me. I wouldn't know how else to have a brand. Um, So just staying true to myself. And then also, I don't feel like there is kind of a space for like this black woman who's kind of soft. So I love that I'm also carving out that space. We don't have to take on the world. We don't have to be tough. We can, you know, take our time and create and be beautiful and like practice wellness and just take care of ourselves as well. I love that. What is a like some advice that you would offer to a young entrepreneur that's trying to get their brand off the ground or trying to figure out how to harness their creativity uh, to something that they can pursue? I would just say just get started. Um, Whether you have followers, whether people are liking your pictures, whether you feel like you have all the fabrics, a website, a name, a domain, just make something. And the more you make, the more confident you will become, um, the more people will come to your brand. And then the end, in the end, it's not about, you know, how many customers you have. It's that you're doing something that you love. I've had so many jobs and they all end 
with trauma. Like being a black woman in the workforce is traumatizing. Like there was nothing else I could do, especially after, you know, George Floyd, which also happened on my birthday last year. Um, there was nothing else I could do. I cannot go back to these trauma spaces. I couldn't. So I would say just do it and enjoy what you do and people will come. I love that. And I love the fact that you speak on the trauma that a lot of us kind of uh, have to deal with in the workplace just to survive, essentially. Um, and here on my podcast, I try to cultivate a safe space where, you know, we can share our traumas. We can share our hardships. We can be vulnerable. Um, and at the same time, I always find strength and vulnerability. Also on my podcast, I'm really big on manifestation and really speaking things into existence and giving people their flowers while they're here, which is partly the reason why I wanted to have you on my podcast because we have been such close friends for so long and we always kind of like talked about, you know, I can remember like in the summertime staying on the phone so three o'clock in the morning and just like really talking out our lives and our different plans and how we saw each other in our lives. And I love the fact that like we're able to create our paths are able to cross and i love things of that nature but in the essence of manifestation where do you see brooklyn cozy going like you know the sky is not the limit like like let's all here on the podcast let's speak it into existence <laughs> so we have the time stamp so we can look back and say oh my god like she said what she was going to do but like what do you see for the future of brooklyn cozy like let's manifest it Yes, and I believe very strongly in manifestation as well. Um, so ultimately, I want this to be a brand that lives on well beyond me. I want it to be something that gives, you know, jobs to the community. Um, people who may not think they can go into fashion can work for my brand. And I think the ultimate thing that I'm kind of like wanting right now or seeing in the future would be to dress Solange, which, oh, yes. you know, Brianna just wore a crochet dress. She just wore a crochet top. So Solange is not far off. Yes, I love that. And we both love Solange, solo star. Uh, I was a huge Solange fan before Solange is who she is now. And, you know, her first album was Solo Star, and I definitely had it. And a funny story, I don't, this just popped into my mind. Uh, Melissa and I went to a Solange concert in Philadelphia at the Union Transfer together, and we had like such a great time. And I remember it was like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember this story, but it was like right before. Whenever I go to concerts, I go to a lot of concerts. So I am one, if the doors open at eight, I'm never there at eight. I'm there 45 minutes prior. Like, you know, if it opens at eight, I'm going to get there at 845, nine o'clock. And because I just really want to go for the essence, the music, and then be out. I don't want to be waiting around. And so I remember we arrived like 845, nine o'clock. And as soon as we got there, of course, you know, we went to the bar um, and the lights went down and I was like, oh my God, Melissa, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm going to run to the bathroom and I'm going to come back out. So I was in the bathroom and I remember I heard music. And so I ran back out and I saw like somebody on stage and people may not notice about me, but my voice can carry and I could scream. And I was like, Solange! Yes. <laughs> and first of all, 
everyone was so quiet. So, like, when I'm saying that, like, I, you could, like, hear me, and I felt like everyone turned and looked at me, and the young lady that was on the stage was not Solange. It was, like, the opening act, and it was so embarrassing. Yes. She was like, I love Solange. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, but that is funny. I, I remember, yes. Yes. You like you like took two steps away from me. It was like looking I did. at you like you're crazy. But where if people are inspired and like you know love what you're describing about Brooklyn Cozy, where can they follow you? Where can they get their own piece of Brooklyn Cozy at? Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Brooklyn Cozy by Mel. That's M-E-L, Brooklyn Cozy by Mel. Um, and all of those will have a link to my website, but it's brooklyncozy.store. Yes, I love that. So Purple Pants Posse, let's get behind Brooklyn Cozy by Mel and let's support my friend, Melissa Morgan Bradley. And to anyone that's listening, and if you are interested in Brooklyn Cozy and you happen to check her out, I, out the graciousness of my heart, want to treat some of my Purple Pants posse. So the first three people that message Melissa in her inbox and say, hey, I would really love that home spray or hey, I really like that mask or hey, I really like that lavender scent. Baby boy is going to get it for you. So the first yes, amazing. <laughs> that message Melissa and say, hey, I would love this. She'll hit me up and we'll get your information and we will send it to you because I am all about supporting your friends and supporting people that have dreams and supporting people that beat to their own drum but Melissa this was truly amazing thank you so much for the opportunity to catch up and to talk about all things Brooklyn Cozy yes thank you so much for having me I always love talking to you it's always fun I love thinking about our childhood together it was definitely something I'll cherish yes and we will talk soon and make sure you guys go hit up Brooklyn Cozy by Mel and support my friend Yes. If you or someone you know would love to be a part of Purple Pants Promotions, please send over an email to purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Again, that's purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. The following message is brought to you by... Give me a B. B. Give me an A. A. Give me an R. Give me a B, 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 B. Let me hear it. B A R B bar bar bar. B A R B bar bar bar. Hi, this is Miss Barb, and today I want to share something with you that I hope and pray helps someone. Sometimes you have to let go of the life you thought you wanted in order to make room for the life you are truly meant for. The things standing in your way might be there to steer you in another direction. The disappointments might be there to guide you towards trying something new. The wonderful surprises might be there to show you something you are meant to have more of. When life takes you in an unexpected direction trust that it has taken you closer to where you are meant to be love you 
Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be If you are listening to my voice, then that means you have made it all the way through this podcast with some compassionate concern. And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week. This week's Freak of the Week is near and dear to my heart. It is one third member of the super group who happens to be my favorite member of Destiny's Child, Michelle Williams. Yes, let me cater to you, because baby, this is your... Can't you keep up, baby boy? Make me lose my... It's just emotions taking me. I'm a survivor. Okay, all right, sorry. Sorry, y'all know I can go on a Destiny's Child montage, but... Michelle or Tanitria Michelle Williams, who goes by Michelle Williams now, released her memoirs this week called Checking In. And in the book, Michelle really opens up about her depression. She talks about how it went undiagnosed for so long. She felt like she was dealing with depression since seven years old and really only got formally diagnosed in her 30s. She talks about a lot of being a Destiny's Child and how when they would be on the road and on the tours, how she sometimes just did not have the energy, didn't feel good. And her manager at the time would say like, you guys just signed a Barbie deal. You guys just dropped the number one album. Like, focus on the good, focus on the good. And I just, I, I love Michelle being so transparent and just talking about her depression. It, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are in life, it can strike at any time. And for Michelle to be a part of what the biggest girl group in the world and still suffer from depression just goes to show you that it can happen to anyone. She even talked about a possible suicide attempt. And I just, I, I love her strength and her vulnerability. And I think that is something that I try to bring to the podcast. And Michelle's always been my favorite member of Destiny's Child. So it is no surprise that through her courage and her strength of releasing her book, Checking In, I had to make my girl, Michelle Williams, the freak of the week. I ordered my book. I cannot wait for it to come in so I could read it and just, you know, hear her story. Because, you know, I feel like I, I at times struggle with mental health and, you know, depression, too. So I, I love to hear someone that is working on themselves. And over the weekend, Michelle had released some audio of Beyonce and Kelly and herself checking in with each other on a phone call. And I love it. And I, I love friends checking in on friends. And so... We know Tanitria Michelle Williams is the freak of the week. Okay. Her book checking in. And if Michelle of Destiny's Child is the freak of the week, that means we are coming to an end of another amazing podcast. I cannot thank you enough for listening and supporting. But if you have not already subscribed to the Purple Pants podcast, what is your way for? Please make sure you subscribe to my podcast. I'm available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. 
You know my uncle Pookie is driving around Philly. You can subscribe with him. Please write a review. Love to hear your feedback. Give your baby boy some five stars. Okay. And tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a cousin that it is compassionate concern. Because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.